0: Then I became great and increased more than all who preceded me in Jerusalem. My wisdom also stood by me. All that my eyes desire, I did not refuse them. I did not withhold my heart from any pleasure, for my heart was pleased because all of my labor, and this was my reward for all my labor. Thus, I considered all my activities which my hands have done, and the labor which I exerted, and behold, all was vanity, and striving after the wind, and there was no profit under the sun. And that is Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verses 9, 10, and 11. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Bridge Radio, and we are coming at you from the great state of Texas. I am your host, A.W. Varilla, and next to me, it's not Steve, it's our great intern, Tommy Daniels, or Teddy Daniels. Hello, 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 hello. <laughs> uh, if you guys remember last time, uh, Teddy will be coming on the podcast as a co-host here uh, once in a while, depending on his schedule. Um, Steve, right now, is in Michigan um, traveling around and uh, trying to get some furniture and get some things to bring back to the new location. So he'll be traveling around, uh, the Midwest and hopefully we can get some more furniture in the new place. We are super excited that we are in the new place. And, uh, hopefully this fall, uh, we got seminary going and, and, uh, other activities, which Tommy tells a little bit about, uh, what you're doing at the university.
1: So I'm super excited to be part of Bridge Ministries. Um, Like Abe said, I'm interning, and so I'll be um, part of Bridge um, as a missionary, just being here on the campus, trying to reach out to students on the campus, doing Bible studies and and reaching out to them on the campus, off campus, and just pointing people in the direction of Jesus, just like he's pointed in my life.
0: Yeah, we are super, super excited about that. you know, we are currently in a temporary facility. So if you guys just uh, hear a little echo in this podcast, uh, it's just because we are temporarily in a just a little office. But uh, hopefully when we get the new location all fixed up for the podcast, which is, you know, we're already out of our old location uh, and we're just finishing up some things and just super excited about that. Uh, please pres- please don't forget to subscribe to Apple, Android, Google, and Stitcher Radio, and please visit our website at bridgemenlaredo.org. We are also on Spotify. Um, so today we have a second time guest. Uh, we have Dr. David Murray, and we're going to be talking about his new book, The Story Changer by Crossway Publishing. Uh, If you guys uh, have heard uh, 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 Dr. David Murray before, he's been on our episode on uh, his other book, Jesus on Every Page, and that was episode 127. So if you like to go back and just uh, listen to uh, uh, the podcast with Dr. David Murray, on his other book, that podcast was absolutely great. Um, just, uh, pointing, uh, uh, excuse me, just seeing Jesus in the old Testament. So, um, please, please just go back and listen to that podcast. So we're super excited to have him back again. Well, Tommy, Danny, ready to get this, uh, podcast going. Let's do it. All right. Dr. David Murray is a senior pastor of first Bryan Christian reform church in Bryan center, Michigan. He's also a counselor, a regular speaker at conferences and the author of reset and exploring the Bible. David has taught Old Testament, counseling, and pastoral theology at various seminary. Welcome back, David Murray,
2: to Bridge Radio. Good to be with you guys. Good to hear you're still going strong in the (laughs) Lord's work, and I hear you're expanding, which is wonderful. Yes,
0: we are, and it's only by the grace of God that we have been, you know, we are in a border town, and we're just uh, super, super excited. Um, So, uh, David, before we begin... Um, can you just give uh, our, our listening audience just a little bit of update of what you've been doing, and and then we can go on and start talking about your new book?
2: Sure thing. I, I can't remember when we last spoke, but uh, a couple of years ago, less than a couple of years ago, I left my uh, position at the seminary in Grand Rapids mm. and returned to pastoral ministry, which has always been my first love. and. I am now pastoring a church just five minutes from here, which has just been a, a great blessing to me. I just love being back amongst, well, I suppose you just say on the front line, rather than preparing people for the front line. Mm-hmm. There's a role for both, and there's a time for both, but for me, I felt the last lap of my life, the last chapter of my story, as it works. I'm 56 now, uh, should be back where I began, mm-hmm. uh, pursuing souls, shepherding souls, preparing people for heaven. And I'm loving it. I'm just so thankful for the opportunity to do that.
0: Wow, well, that is that is amazing. So, uh, you, yeah. So, the last podcast you were on was uh, episode 127, and we were talking about your other book, uh, uh, "Jesus on Every Page." But today, we're going to be talking about your new book, uh, "The The Story Changer" by Crossway Publishing. And um, what what led you to write this book, uh,
2: David? Yeah. Um... I've been wanting to write a book for a long time that would be a book I could put in the hands of unbelievers, Mm. even unchurched people. I'd, I'd written a lot for Christians. I've written on mental health issues, written some children's books. But I'd never really been satisfied with any small book I'd come across about putting it in the hands of somebody who really didn't know much of anything. So that was the, the main impetus. I also had been noticing the culture's interest in story. Mm-hmm. It comes across in counseling, it comes across in business more and more, marketing. And I thought, I wonder if we can tap into that interest People are very interested in the whole idea of story, changing their stories. And of course, Jesus just fits that perfectly because obviously the Bible, first and foremost, is a book of stories, more than 50% of it. Mm. Maybe about 800 stories in the Bible. And the great purpose of it is to to change our stories Mm. so that we take God's story and he invites us into his and his shapes and influences Mm. ours so i try to just use that metaphor of story and the story changer to hopefully engage people help them identify with it and see the possibilities and potential of jesus as their story changer
0: yeah that was the one thing as i was browsing over your book i was like where where is he coming with this you know and then i, I i'm glad that you were able to explain that so um David, can we just start and we're going to talk a little bit, a couple of your chapters we're, for our listeners out there. We're not going to give you the whole book because you need to go out and get it, by the way. But um, <laughs> but we're going to give you a, a, a little bit of background. But you start off your first chapter, uh, our messy story. Uh, you begin the first sentence. We can't go forward until we go backwards. We can't write a new story until we have read our own. Old one. Now, um, in that chapter, you start dealing with uh, uh, in the beginning pages of a Old Testament Old Testament character. Can you just explain a little bit uh, about that Old Testament character?
2: sure maybe just before that just to try and explain the the sequence here i think everybody wants to have a better story in the future Mm -hmm. i mean there's very very few people who who are satisfied with where they're at, especially unbelievers but they just want to go forward they they just want you know things to change going ahead Mm. and I, i don't believe that's possible in a biblical sense because we have to repent, which involves looking back. It involves review. It involves looking at where we've gone wrong and then coming to the Lord, humbly confessing that before we can begin to think of transformation and change. Mm. And the Old Testament character that I thought really epitomized that was Solomon. He, um, in the book of Ecclesiastes, reviews his life and he doesn't, he doesn't hide the mess of it. He, he's very transparent and honest about all the pathways he tried and failed and how his story was really ending up uh, very sad, uh, very senseless, meaningless, and just the, the frustration, the vanity of life under the sun. And, and yet also in the book, pointing us to the difference of a God-centered life, a a life that has a life above the sun, that is looking beyond the horizon of this world. Mm. So I think Solomon is a classic example of how to begin the change in our stories, Mm. which always involves by looking back, review, repentance, and then moving forward Mm. in faith.
0: Yeah, I, I really like uh, what you say, uh, he, and, and and I quote in your book. He says in his book, he describes his fanatical yet futile pursuit of satisfaction. He tried education, pleasure, success, and then work, uh, and then work. Uh, his verdict on it all: hatred of life because of the sadness of life. He he tried everything in life, but everything left him tired of life. Uh, I had to I had to write that down because that really, really was an impactful statement of just accurately portraying Solomon, and and I was just like, wow, that
2: is so true. Well, it, it accurately portrays me as well. Yes, and in the book, I try to lace my story through it at mm-hmm. the end of each chapter and show how God changed my story with His story and. I just identify with Solomon so much. Mm. I don't think I packed quite as much into my life. And I think, you know, God came into my life early, uh, in my early 20s. But I, I really resonate with him. And I mm. got to that point as well. I hate life. There's just no point in this. It's sad and futile. And yet, yeah, God in his mercy took my messy story and said, hey, I can do something with this if you would give me the pain.
0: Yeah, I... I've said this before, and some people have disagreed with me, and that's okay. But I like to point people to Ecclesiastes first, then the Gospels. Yeah, yeah. But that's just me, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, David, you are right. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, especially for me, I, I, I like you identify with Solomon. Um, you know, I, I grew up in a big urban city, and before God drew me to saving faith, I was chasing the things that Solomon was chasing. And there was and there was no satisfaction in him. So, um, no. if we can move on to chapter four, I I found it interesting yep. just the 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 topic of uh, in this chapter of fail authors. What was behind that thought there, in just uh, the context of of writing? <laughs> I, you know,
2: I think a lot of people um would describe themselves as failed authors mm. something like 80 percent of adults have either thought about starting a book or have started a book and failed to finish mm. or have have written a book and it's never been published oh, wow. because it's so hard to get a book published these yeah. days um, and so i thought well i think a lot of people could probably pick up with this as as failed authors in their own own lives, but you know, in a very real sense, we are all failed authors, whether we've written and published books or not, mm. because we've all tried to write our own stories, whether we put it down in paper or not. We've lived it out in the flesh, and we've we've you know decided we'd go this path, then that path, then the next path, and at the end of each path, we have we have found failure, and realised that we're not very good authors, we're not very good writers. We end up like the the woman at the well mm. in John four, which is really the the story in this chapter, uh, dissatisfied, thirsty, cynical, and desperately needing somebody to come into our lives and say, "Hey, I'm a better author. In fact, I'm a best-selling author. Mm. If you give me your life, I can I can make your book uh, have a at least a happy ending and certainly much better future chapters." Mm.
1: Sometimes, maybe even oftentimes, we have to get to like the lowest point of our lives where we're the most thirsty, the most hungry, and then boom, we have an encounter with God or or Christ. And it's like, this is what I was created for. This is the thirst, the hunger I need.
2: I wish it wasn't so, Tommy, but it is so. (laughs) Uh, And I think this woman had clearly got to that point and the Lord just timed his intervention with her so beautifully It dealt with her so compassionately as well, I think that's what really attracts me to uh, Jesus in this encounter. It would be very easy for him to come in with condemnation and judgment, but it's just, look, come and drink, come and be satisfied. I'm not brushing over your sins. We have to look at that square in the face, but I'm here to fill you, I'm here to satisfy you, I'm here to quench you, And, and really turn this Tragic story Mm. into a, I don't know if you could call it a fairy story because Mm. it's true, (laughs) but um, certainly a story that turns her into a storyteller as well, because she ends up going back to the village and telling everyone, Come see a man that told me everything I've ever done. I think this is the Christ. And that's the amazing thing that God not only changes our story, but makes us storytellers and therefore story changers too.
0: Yeah, that was, that was, it's so funny that God just gives certain people ability to be able to articulate those things. And while I was reading that, I was like, that is so true. She, you know, our Lord Jesus is so kind to her. And like mm-hmm. you said, he doesn't brush over her sin. He lets her know mm-hmm. what she's done yet. He is focusing on her, mm-hmm. you know, and, and she sees it and then she's going off and telling everybody else, which is, again, just always so amazing of, of Jesus' grace and mercy towards us. Um we started off messy story. Now we're the failed author. Let's touch on one of your other chapters, the new story. Can you touch a little bit on a new story?
2: Yeah, that's that's chapter six in chapter the book. Chapter six, yes. Um the the idea here is obviously we need somebody else to do for us what we cannot do Mm -hmm. and i take two letters in this chapter Uh, the letter that characterizes our old lives is the letter i Mm. everything is i me my and myself and the letter that characterizes our new life is the letter you with its two arms stretching one to god and one to others and at the bottom of this U, the, the curve, is really the humiliation of Christ, the the life and death and suffering of Christ. That's what changes us from an I to a U. That's what changes us from being self-centered to God-centered and other-centered. And it's, it's like the I is broken. It's smashed. It crumbles when Christ comes into our lives and His... It, other-centered life, his God-centered life, becomes a foundation for a change in our own lives. So he is—he is, you would say, a perfect you, mm. and we are—we are trying to aspire to that. And I think the the passage in the Bible that we deal with in that chapter is the the chapter that talks about Christ not pleasing Himself mm. but pleasing God and serving others. And just a life devoted to, to service, uh, not I, but you. And the, and the, contrary to what everyone thinks, the I-centered life is not the happiest life. No. It, it, the, the you-centered life, the other-centered life is the happier life. It's, it's extremely hard for people to believe that. It's one of the greatest parts of faith to believe that if I deny myself and I... Turn away from self-satisfaction and self-service, and turn as Christ did to serving God and others. That that will make for the the new story, the best story possible. So that takes faith. It's a faith that only God can give. Mm-hmm. But you know, I just I say to people, you, you've got to try it. You know, yeah. I can try and persuade you. I can show you examples of it, but you really need to just trust God's word that that tells you to deny self and follow Jesus.
0: Yeah, I love what you say. And um, you would say Christ's work at pleasing others. Here's one of the most astonishing statement in the whole Bible. And you were referencing uh, Romans uh, 15, 3. Christ did not please himself. Someone who never pleases himself. It is impossible for us to even imagine mm-hmm. such mm-hmm. an utterly selfless life. The, yeah. vast, the vast majority of our lives are about pleasing ourselves that is like you said right now so true and it
2: like, oh, it's, it's incredible the perfection there is mm. stunning isn't it i mean we might get a split second sometime in our lives when it's all about god or it's all about others and it's not about me you mm. you, you might get a flash but it's just pure not self-centered but he had it every second of every day of every year of his life, even through the such suffering and death.
0: Yeah, I I try to think about, you know, like I never can, but, you know, him and his disciples are running around all over uh, 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 Israel during that time for three years and just pouring uh, himself to everybody, like just being selfless and giving. Hmm. And, and you're just like, wow. You know, mm. And that's why he is he is he is God and the imperfect. The, and, and so, yeah. Wow.
2: <laughs> um, you mentioned what the world would look like if, if it was full of even Christians. Yeah. Who were much more U-shaped than I shaped.
0: I'm just thinking this right now, David. Do you do you see that kind of sense in unbelievers when they try to do charitable things. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like they're like, oh, you know, especially like during the holidays or like Thanksgiving, and like, oh, let's go out and pass out Turkey. They don't know God, but um, I think that there's a some sense of satisfaction that they get. I mean, I'm just thinking that through, but never completely understand.
2: Right. I I think that I think it's possible to conceive of uh, you know an unbeliever who is not at all self-centered, but if I think back in my own unbelieving life when I did try and do good things, Mm. it was still about me. Yes, It was still about others seeing my good Mm. or, you know, trying to get God to be happy with my good. It was about padding my own ego, shining my reputation. So, I think without Christ in your life, however much we aspire to that it's it's virtually i would say it's impossible
0: yeah that's so true like it, even even as us christian right like we that's we have that 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 uh danger of doing things so that others can mm. see mm-hmm. that we're Definitely. so holy and you know
1: doing it to please the church or please non believers. Yeah. Yeah. look at me or, yeah. or the brother
0: yeah. and sister at, at our church are like oh you're so awesome yeah. that you do this and it's, <laughs> and it's filthy. <laughs> it's yeah. filthy. Yeah. You know, our good works are filthy. Yeah. So, um, go ahead. So
1: I, I think it's important for us to see, you know, what does that actually look like? So a question in, in, that you have at the summary of this chapter is what does a new U shaped life look like? And how do I get from a hideous eye to a lovely U?
2: Well, how would you answer it, Tommy? <laughs> <laughs> I, lo-
0: I said the question. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I, I <laughs> you just, you, you, you got to answer that now. You're I, answering that. I, I
1: would quote John um, He must increase, I must decrease. And the mm-hmm. more, the more I die to myself, the more and more I abide in Christ, I just want to serve mm-hmm. the church more. I just want to serve the community at large more because of how much He served me, because yeah. of how much He served me and how much He poured Himself out for me man, it's not that I, I quote-unquote have to, so to speak. I want to pour out myself. Mm. And if I pour out myself to God in my own devotions, man, by default, your life should overflow into what you do in public because of that mm. private time, because of that devotion you have to the Lord behind closed doors. Man, it, it should just overflow into what you do in the world wherever God takes you. Uh, I don't know if I dodged class, it, but did, 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 he
2: did he, yeah. okay. did he pass? he He's promoted. He's no longer an intern. <laughs> this, He's is, going, this is day two yeah. of a podcast. Yes, so.
0: <laughs> he, you pass. David Murray said you pass, so you're right. you're okay. That, and that's the first. That is the first <laughs> right there. That is the first yeah. R.
2: You know, I think I remember Don Carson saying uh, he he gave lectures at the seminary I attended many many years ago, mm. and the one thing that stuck out. For me he was dealing with one corinthians one through three and all the pride and the ego um battles that were going on in the church of corinth and he said no man can stand tall in front of the cross yeah wow. and i think that's the key you know paul said god forbid that i should glory save in the cross of our lord jesus christ it's to it's to live in front of the cross and i think that would that would crucify our egos and our self. More than anything. Mm.
1: I love what Steve Lawson says about, you know, he gives a, I forgot what the sermon was, but he gives this depiction of like the reason why we get these crowns on this side of eternity. is so that way on the other side of eternity, all we do is put them right back at his feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I just yeah. love that illustration. of it. Like, I love it too. I have these crowns, but I'm putting them right back at your feet.
2: Oh, right back. Yeah. yeah. It,
0: it, it, we're just not worthy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. We get them, but we yeah. give them back. But so uh david uh as we move forward here and land the plane uh chapter eight you start talking about inside the story can you just give us a little inside of that
2: chapter yeah this chapter the inside story is really from my counseling experience of everyone has two stories they have their outside story but just what most people want to change Mm. whether it be a different story about their work or their relationships or their property their finance whatever but everyone also has an inside story. That's the story they tell themselves. Mm. The story, the narrative that is going on in our head all the time. We're always, we're all storytellers. We are all weaving a narrative. We are explaining ourselves to ourselves. We We are telling ourselves a story about God, about the world, about our past, about our present, about our future. And really, this is ultimately what has to change Mm. that yeah you can change external things but ultimately it's the heart it's the inside it's the psyche it's the that internal voice that internal narrator he is so influential most people don't actually know that they have him or her they're so used to that inner inner narrator that they don't even recognize they have it. And so I've always found it helpful to try and ask people, what story are you telling yourself about yourself, mm. about God, and then they begin to realize, yeah, right, I'm telling myself I'm useless, I'm worthless, I am shameful, I'm a nothing, and I'm a failure, uh, I am a useless husband or whatever, and, to try and get them to articulate that, and then begin to really challenge that story with, oftentimes truth because it's often a lie yeah. that we're telling ourselves. Or if it's not a lie, how can we change that inside story? So, for example, if somebody's identity is all wrong, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's you know finding their identity in their in their finances, in their friendships, in their jobs, then you know, trying to replace that with a biblical identity, with uh, who they are in Christ, who they they are before God. If somebody's inner narrator is you're just guilty, you're sinful, you're, you know, you're going to be judged and condemned, to bring the gospel in there and just silence that voice altogether and replace it with, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus to replace that, you know, I am I am filthy with, well, you know, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in believers, and He's happy to live in you, and He's happy to call you His home. So there's, I mean, we could go on forever about that. There's just so many different stories, and the Bible has an answer to all of that. I took the example of Joshua in this chapter. His inner story in Joshua 1 was, I'm weak, I'm scared. I don't know what to do. I'm going to fail and I'm all alone. And you see God ministering to him by saying, no, you're going to be strong. You're going to be courageous. You're going to follow my plan. You're going to be successful and I'm going to be with you. Mm. And it made a difference to him and through him to the whole nation and history of Israel. Wow. So true.
1: Just to really sit back, the creator of the universe, that same creator that, that walked in the cool of day with Adam is that same one that's creating that's created our story and that's that wants to walk with us in our story. Like, man, mm. we can just sit back and, and realize who's really walking with us in this story. Like wow.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, David, um it's time to land this plane and like we always like to and our podcast you know romans 10 14 how would they call on him whom they have not believed and how would they believe in whom they have not heard and how would they hear without a preacher are you able to share the good news the gospel to our worldwide audience today
2: i'd be happy to and maybe i could just summarize how i've tried to do it in the book Mm, which is you know how are you happy with your story Mm what is your story what is your past story what does that look like what does your future story look like on this earth what does your eternal story look like mm. what hope do you have of a good eternal story in heaven and not a terrible one in hell what what's what's your what's your story going to end up like mm. well if if your story is bad up to this point, or it looks hopeless in the future, or it looks like a terrible eternity, I've I've got really good news for you because it doesn't matter what stage you're at in your story, whether you're at the beginning, the middle, or very near the end, the Lord Jesus Christ can change your story. And He can change your inner story, He can change your outer story, He can change your eternal story. Mm. He has the power, but you need to give Him the pain of your life. You need to recognize I've made a mess, I'm not gonna make it any better, but he can, and he's more than willing to take over the narrative and to wipe out everything in the past that was shameful, guilty, sin. He blots these chapters out and he actually gives you Christ's story as your own story, uh, as a perfect story to present to God Mm. and then comes into your life as the Holy Spirit to write a far better, whatever remains of your life here, and a far better eternity. And when you experience that change of your story, you're going to want to tell others. You're going to go out there, and you're going to be a storyteller, and therefore a story changer, and that's the mission for the rest of your life. And it's amazing that God can use those who messed up their stories to be story changers as well.
0: Wow, amen. Amen. So for our listening audience, please get the new book, The Story Changer uh, by Crossway uh, Publishing, uh, uh, David Murray's new book. Please go get it. We barely touched the surface, guys. Uh, So please make sure that you go out and get the book. Um, David, I like to say this. uh, Where can you be found if you want to be found? Are you on social media? (laughs) Where are your church? Where are you preaching? Uh. Just so uh, if if you want to be found. If you don't, that's okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, it depends who's looking for me, I suppose. <laughs> but I do have a I do have a, a podcast that goes out Monday to mm. Friday called the Story Changer Podcast. Huh? You can find it at thestorychanger.life. Mm or on apple itunes spotify and there we just share how god is changing our stories and other stories with his story Mm. and i hope it will help people to put into practice what they read in the book
0: oh wow well there you go ladies and gentlemen go check out that podcast with david murray David, thank you very much for coming on Bridge thank Radio you, again. It was really nice to see you, and hopefully, we can have you back again soon.
2: I look you, forward David. to it. God bless your important work down there. Yeah. You the... really are on the front lines.
0: Oh, well, thank you very much. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes this week's episode with uh, Dr. David Murray on his new book, The Story Changer by Crossway Publishing. Tommy, what did you think about the podcast?
1: It was really good. It was really good. The importance of God just coming into our story, despite of our mess, and then Mm. not leaving us there in our mess, but changing us and then us in our mess also impacting other people and and becoming story changers, as he mentioned, the importance of that.
0: Yeah, I really like how he put that, that we become the story changers Mm. and then we become the storyteller. And I love in the one chapter we were talking about the woman at the well. And and how Jesus uh, uh, approached her and, and everything that he knew about her because he's God in flesh and just showing his grace and mercy towards her and her realizing and God opening her eyes who he is, the Messiah. And then the excitement that she had and telling out going back to the, the village and telling everybody else. Um, Yeah, we were super excited to have him back again. It's been a while. Covid has just has been turning uh, um, How do I say this? Uh, our authors who've been here in the past, we had some new books, but we're really excited that he came back. Uh, really, really happy to hear his voice again. Uh, for our listening audience, please don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And like we always like to end the show, what is your only comfort in life and in death? That I am not my own, but belong body and soul in life and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. Till next week.
1: So next week.